I'm so glad I came to church today. You never know what God's going to do. You never really know what God's going to say. But I need God to speak to me. I need God to move in my life, in my home, in my marriage, with my children. So it's good to be in his house. To listen to what he might say. And to receive what he might give. Next Sunday, I want you to really work hard at getting Dad here. Next Sunday is a very special day. It's Father's Day. So I want you to invite your father, if your father is alive and in the area. If not, invite a father. There are plenty of dads around that you could invite. And invite them to the house of God. We have a very, very special guest that's going to be with us. He is a pastor all the way from Zambia that I met while at uh, Mattersea College, um, Pastor Jim and I studying, we met some friends from around the world, and Pastor Lobuto is one of a, a friend that I believe I'll have for the rest of my life. Our hearts just kind of got attached. You know, uh, God puts people like that in your life, and you instantly know this is not just for a week. This is probably going to be for a lifetime, <clears throat> and I feel that with Pastor Lobuto. He'll be here with us next Sunday. You don't want to miss next Sunday. Open your Bible to Exodus chapter 35, if you don't mind. Exodus chapter 35, verse number 4. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, and said, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. Skip down to verse 21, same chapter. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all its service, and for the holy garments. Father, we thank you for your word today. We know, God, that it has been sent with an assignment. And what you have sent your word to do, I pray that would be done. Speak to us today, God. We give you praise. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. How many want to be what God wants you to be? If you are a follower of Christ, I would hope that you would say, yes, pastor, I want to be what God has intended me to be, what God created me to be. Part of what God has created you to be is a giver. God formed you and shaped you and molded you to be a giver. God is counting on us, church, to give. Winston Churchill said, We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Wow. Francis of Assisi said, For it is in giving that we receive. So true. 
And Mother Teresa, she's famous for so many things. She has a handful of quotes that I would like to use this morning. She said this, it's not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving. Mother Teresa also went on to say, I must be willing to give whatever it takes to do good to others. This requires that I be willing to give until it hurts. Otherwise, there is no true love in me, and I bring injustice, not peace, to those around me. Perhaps one of her most famous sayings, it's here, give until it hurts. How many have ever heard that phrase, give until it hurts? Give till it hurts. Well, Mother Teresa's point is clear. Giving should cost us something. If we give out of our abundance, if we give out of our surplus, so what? So what? Anyone can do that. But giving out of our need, well, that's another story altogether, isn't it? That can hurt. Has God ever asked you to give and you look back at God and thought, God, I'm the one who needs to receive. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know for me that's happened. God has urged me and prompted me and whispered to me, give. And I think, God, I, I, need, I need help right now myself. It doesn't always make sense to me. But see, God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes God's going to ask us to do something that will make us scratch our head and shrug our shoulders and say, God, what, what, are, we, what are you talking about? Giving out of our need, that's where true giving, I believe, starts. God expects us to give. And he has principles and a plan in the Bible. It's all laid out. I'm talking about from the very beginning all the way to the very end and woven throughout every book and really every chapter is the principles, the, the bigger picture of giving. You want to be all that God has created you to be? You want to be like God? You want to be like Jesus? Jesus is God. God was a giver. I mean, from the very beginning of time, Yolanda, he started giving. He gave light. Aren't you thankful for light? He said, let there be light. It was a gift from God. And he just kept giving throughout. The greatest gift God ever gave, and you know it well. God loved this world so much that he gave his prized possession. What did God give? Let's just recite this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. How many are thankful today that God is a giver and he gave his best gift? He gave the very best that he could give. He gave his only son. You want to be like God, you want to be more like Jesus, then we need to understand that God is expecting us 
to give. And when we understand this principle, it is revolutionary. It is like a light bulb has come on and our life will never be the same because our thinking will never be the same. We realize that as we give according to God's plan for our life, it comes back to us. And when it comes back, it's so much better than when it left our hands. Why is that? Because when it leaves our hands and we give it to God or give it according to God, unto God, God takes it. And then it's in God's hands, strong hands, powerful hands, able hands, loving hands. And God touches it. God breathes on it. God blesses it. And then God puts it back in our hands or in our lives. And it's so much better when it comes back to us. We understand, when we understand God's principles for giving, it actually feels good. I'm talking about even giving a Bob bag, Pete. It, it feels good. How many have ever seen somebody on the corner holding up a sign saying, we'll work for food. Just lost my job. Anything will help. Why lie? It's for beer. I've seen all those signs. I have. I've seen all those signs. And I rarely give money, but occasionally we will. We'll give a dollar or something, you know. And I know some people say, well, they're going to go and buy alcohol. They're going to go and buy drugs. They're going to go and buy cigarettes. Or I don't know what they're going to go and do. If I can buy them food, I'll do that. But occasionally I will give them money and just pray that God helps them. See, it's the heart of giving, isn't it? It's an attitude of giving. But some, mostly, uh, Pete, I like reaching in my back seat and getting a bob bag. It's, it's just a small little something. It has a bottle of water in it. It has a granola bar in it, something like that. It has something for them to eat. It's got maybe a pair of socks. You know, It's just a little something, but it says, I care. And I feel good when I give to somebody. If you don't, how many have a bob bag in their back seat or in your trunk or somewhere like that? Okay, so a good many are participating in this. I think it's still a very, very viable ministry. I would like you to swing by. It isn't even the third Sunday. I understand that. Can we drag that out? Are you ready for it or not? You're not today. Next week? Next Sunday on Father's Day, we're going to have a surplus. You're going to have to need to go probably a little bit more because I'm giving this a good push, Pete. So we're going to get you some bob bags, but you also need to bring in uh, some water, bring in a pair of socks, bring in something. Let's, let's restock the stockpile so we can give, because giving feels good. So I want to flip around Mother Teresa's phrase. You know, she said give and give till it hurts, give until it hurts. I want to say it like this, give until it feels good. Because when we give, when we understand this is part of who God has created me to be, it ought to feel good. Give until it feels good. God had given clear instructions to the children of Israel in our text here today. For the giving of offerings 
for the tabernacle, the building of the tabernacle, the beautification of the tabernacle. I want you to jot down three lessons today that I believe will revolutionize your giving and cause you to walk in your purpose. If you're frustrated in other areas of your Christian walk, we may be able to trace it back to this one area that the light bulb hasn't really come on for you yet. See, when we understand our purpose and why God created us in giving, it, it's like a ripple effect for the rest of our life and all other areas of our life. That's what I want for you today, church. I want you to understand these principles for giving. Notice, first of all, God's children gave willingly. It starts here. God actually commanded that they give. Bring up verse number four for me, if you don't mind. Verse number four. Back it up to verse number four. Like how I did that? Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded. Somebody say commanded. commanded. Giving is not a suggestion from God. God commanded that the children, his children, give. But God also knew that not everybody would follow his commandment. Now, I understand that this commandment isn't in the top ten, you know, the, the ten commandments, which, by the way, let me just interject, I believe the ten commandments are still relevant today. I believe that the ten commandments should still be observed today. I believe that the ten commandments should still be followed today. Do I have anybody else here that believes in the ten commandments? They can take them off the courthouse walls if they want to. I still believe that they are from God for his people and they are for our benefit. But just because God gave commandments does not mean that everybody's going to follow the commandments. How many have broken more than one of the Ten Commandments? Oh, come on and be honest. Shame the devil today. Well, we all have, I'm sure. Who of us have not lied at some point or another? But God, help us to not continue to, to break your laws and your commandments. God commanded giving, but he knew not everybody would be willing to give. It starts with willingness. They were willing to give. God doesn't force us to give, but he did say this in Matthew chapter 10, Freely you have received, what? Freely give. How many would say, God has given me so much, I can't even, I can't even tell all that God has given me over, the, over my lifetime of serving him. God has healed you, God has saved you, God has delivered you. Every praise ought to go to him. Mm, that sounds like a song right there. He's freely given to us. We should freely give back to him and to his causes. Willingness, giving 
willingly starts in the heart. I want you to jot down a few things today that I think are going to be super helpful to you. It starts here. It said, whoever is of a willing heart. Could we bring that little portion up? Whoever is of a willing heart. That's where the giving is going to start. Actually, I could back it up a little bit further to here. Truth be told, you've got to start thinking about giving. Let each one, as he has purposed in his heart, as he's thought about giving, come and bring that offering. That's what we're encouraged to do in the New Testament. But if you're not thinking about giving to God or to the causes of God or to others who are in need, it'll probably never lodge here. Because whatever you're thinking about long enough, it actually starts taking up residence right here in your heart. Whoever is of a willing heart, it starts in the heart, and watch what happens. It shifts to the hand. You think about it long enough, your heart will start beating that way. And all at once, you're going to give. They had to actually move and go and get their stuff and look what they got. Verse number 5, they got gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. They moved their hearts, moved them to go and get their stuff and give to God. After it's in your heart, after it's in your head, it will get into your hands and you'll actually start giving to God and to the causes of God. Starts in the heart, it shifts to the hand. Watch what happens next. Soon, it becomes a habit. Look at verse 21 one more time. Verse 21 says, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit, if you have a pen, underline that in your Bible, whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all of its service for the holy garments. I had you underline spirit because it became part of who they were. They had a spirit of giving. They didn't just give occasionally. Do you know of someone that comes to your mind immediately that you could say, they're a giver? We have people probably like that in our lives that just immediately come to our mind, they're just, they're just a giver. I think of my dad. I have to go and secretly tell the waitress, bring me the ticket, or he's just going to pay for it every time. Every time. Why? He has a spirit of giving about him. He loves to give. He loves to do for others. It's just part of who he is. It's gotten into his routine and into his pattern. See, giving is a discipline, folks. We think about it long enough. We ask God to help us to find places that we can give. It lodges in our hearts, takes a home in our hearts, set up, sets up a home in our hearts. It moves to our hands and we actually start giving. And it feels good. It feels good to give. 
and then you want to do it again. Of all the things that you could be known for as a follower of Christ, I would like to be known as a giver. I want to understand God's principles for my life, that he has designed me to be a giver and to give. And let me tell you something. Once we give, we can't just say, well, I'm glad that's over. You're going to have to start again tomorrow and the next day. And in fact, every day that God gives us breath, he's depending on us, counting on us to be givers. But don't get nervous about that. Don't be afraid of that. Because remember, as you give, it comes back. Ah, hallelujah. It comes back. It started in the heart. It shifted to the hand. It became habitual. They gave willingly. They gave generously. It's not enough to be willing. I've known some people who were willing to give, but they were sure stingy in what they gave. If the usher has to pry the envelope out of your hand as they pass down the aisle, it really loses something. What kind of giver does God like? What kind of giver does God love? The Bible says that God loves a cheerful, generous giver. They gave generously. Remember this, the same measure that you use, God is going to use to measure back to you. The same measuring cup or, or measuring utensil that you use to give to God or to God's causes or to other people, God's going to use it to bless you or to give back to you. We find this in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Hallelujah. How many are ready for God to give back to you that way? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But it goes on with the same measure. With the same measure that you use, God is going to measure that back to you. Don't be frustrated with God that he poured out a thimble full of blessing on your life when that's the same thing you use to give to him or to his cause. We won't have the opportunity or the time really when we get to heaven to try to tell God why we didn't tithe, why we didn't give to him. Really, not tithing is not trusting. Oh, this service is getting a bonus, Pastor Dave. I didn't even go there first service, did I? Not tithing equals not trusting. Do you trust God with everything? The proof will be in your giving and the generosity of your heart to give. They generously gave of their treasure. Talking about a generosity now. They generously gave of their treasure. Look what they gave. Verse 22. 
both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, it keeps coming back to this willingness of your heart. They brought earrings and nose rings and ring rings and necklaces and all jewelry of gold. That is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord and every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, red skins of rams and badger skins, they brought it. You don't even have to go and get the badger skin today. The goat's hair. This was valuable stuff. Do you know that? What, what, what the Bible is telling us, I, I hope you see this and, and, and read this and, and understand this today. They were getting their most valued treasure to give to the Lord. They gave generously of their treasure. It cost them something. I believe it cost them a lot. Perhaps some were giving their their entire savings. The woman who anointed the feet of Jesus with the perfume. This perfume was valued at the equivalent of an entire year's savings an entire year's earnings think about what you earn in a whole year it will be so varied in this room but think about that and taking that portion and lavishly giving it as an offering to the Lord the people generously gave of their treasure the people generously gave of their talent Look at verse number 30 of chapter 35. Moses said to the children of Israel, The Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, out of the tribe of Judah. He's filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting, carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to also teach. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver, the designer, the tapestry maker, in blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. Bezalel had been given ability and, and talent from God. God deposited into Bezalel the ability that he had, and he understood that, and he gave that, generously gave that talent back to God. This room is filled with talent. This room is filled with ability. And know this, God has planted inside of each of us the skill and the ability that we have. Hopefully we understand some of what God has put in us and then we do our part as humans to make the most of that. Jimmy, I, I see you here today, a skilled, skilled carpenter. He works with his hands, does amazing things. I've taken him on a few missions trips with me and I hope to take him on many more 
He's a valuable, valuable asset because he understands the ability and the talent that God has put in him and he generously offers it back to God. That's what all of us should do. La Palma Christian Center is blessed. I want you to hear this today. We are above the national average when it comes to volunteers in our church and people saying, I'll help. I'll, I'll join the choir. I'll, I'll help with children's ministry. I'll help with youth ministry. I'll help with young adults. We're a little over the average, national average. I'd like to be a lot over the national average, to tell you the truth. Because each of us should be generously offering our talent to God. Why do you think God gave you talent in the first place? Do you not think that perhaps it's for the building of His kingdom? Pastor Moses, is there any more room in your band or in your choir for some folks here that God has put a seed of music inside of them? Pastor Dave, do you have any room for some people who love teenagers who would come alongside of you and say, I don't have much to give, but I love teenagers, and could you use me? We can use you in the children's ministry. We can use you in the nursery right now. Let God's talent that he's given you, let that be given back to God and just generously offer that back to God. They generously gave of their treasure, gave of their talent. And you can't give your talent unless you generously give of your time. That goes hand in hand. It takes time, doesn't it, Jimmy? The talent and the time are handcuffed together. You can't give one without the other. We're about to renovate this sanctuary, and it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be amazing. And we are scrutinizing and carefully going over uh, uh, budgets that, that uh, a company that we're working with keeps offering. And I keep sending it back to him saying, make it better. <laughs> and so he's saying, well, do you have anybody in your church that could help with this and could help with that? And, and Brent Crone, he said, he volunteered all the men in the church. I hope you know that, men. You're already volunteered. And ladies, don't think, just clap for the men. I'll find something for the ladies to do. Trust me on this. But all of us doing our part, can you imagine all of us doing our part to beautify the house of God, to, to remodel this sanctuary, generously giving of our treasure, of our talent, and of our time? That's what they did. Are you willing? Are you willing today? They gave willingly, they gave generously, and there's just one more thing that I'd like to say to you. And here's why they did both of those things. It's out of love. They gave lovingly. You see, giving changes a person. Doesn't it? It really does. Giving changes a person. The Bible says that as many as were willing, that's the ones who gave. They were willing, and so they gave generously. They were all in. They didn't hold back. But it changed something right here. It changed the center portion of their chest. It changed their heart. Whose hearts were stirred. It changed their hearts. 
They were of a willing heart. I, I say they were uh, of a loving heart. I believe they had a heart of love to give. Clearly, they loved God. How many would say you love God today? Come on, just wave your hand as a testimony. You love God? Well, I hate to say it like this. Prove it. It's not enough to wave your hand, really. If you love God, I believe you're going to give to God. And your giving is going to be a sign of your trust. You say, but I don't have anything to give. I don't believe that. The widow had two mites, two coins, insignificant for most, but it was all she had. But she gave out of a heart of love. She loved the Lord, and she gave. If you love God, you'll want to give to God. You should want to give to God. They loved God. I believe they loved God's house. The house that we're in right now is unlike any other place that will be in our week. It's not like your workplace, is it? Some of you go into the workplace and just walking through the door, you're stressed out. You know that you're going to be surrounded with people that don't have the same value system that you do. And you'll hear things that just bring you down. Hopefully you're not going to hear that here. <laughs> I can't promise every Sunday and every Wednesday, but hopefully. <laughs> this place is not like even your home the house of God, the sanctuary of God, the tabernacle. It's a place that's set apart. It's a place of purpose, a place of power, a place of God's presence. The children of Israel clearly understood God's principles for giving. They gave willingly, generously, lovingly. The board and I have presented to you the desire to transform this room. I began to think of all that God has done in this room since it was finished. 1989, Pastor Jim. Somebody had vision, didn't they? Really, look around. They had vision. Wow. I wonder how many people that were hopeless, they came into this room and they found hope. How many people who needed healing? I'm one. And I've, I was healed in this very room by the power of God. Think of all those who come in here and we've been able to pray with them and lead them to the Lord. Never mind those that have preceded us. So many lives have been transformed in this room. These pews have served us well. This carpet has served us well. But you don't have to search very long to see and understand that 
it's time to beautify this place. The board and I felt unanimously that it was, it was time to do this. We presented this to the church and you overwhelmingly said, yes, let's do this. Many of you have signed a commitment card saying, I'm with you, pastor. And you've committed over the year to give so much per month. Thank you. But I felt like today we should take up a special offering for this. I sent you a letter so as not to surprise you. I ask you to pray about what you might do and what the Lord would have you to do. I even feel that there will be a significant gift come. And when I say significant, I feel that there will be a gift from one donor from thirty dollars to $50,000. Perhaps that's you, maybe that's today. Give willingly. Give generously. Give out of a heart of love. Stacy, would you mind, as one of the board members, I want you to come and just, just pray a blessing over this offering. There are envelopes there. I want you to take the envelope and mark it. Sanctuary remodel. And let's see, let's see what God does. Do you know, the people got this so well that Moses had to say, enough. He had to stop the people from giving. Let me just read this real quick, Stacy. Chapter 36. <laughs> they spoke to Moses, all the leadership, you know, they're bringing all the money, all the, all the goat's hair and all the thread and, and all the gold, and they just kept on bringing it in. It was absolutely amazing. So the leadership goes to Moses, and they, they spoke to Moses and said, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained, get this, they were restrained from bringing any more, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, they had more than they needed. <laughs> Can you imagine me coming to you in another few weeks, in another month, and saying, okay, everybody, that's enough. I believe it could happen. This is a $350,000 renovation. I'm just telling you, we already talked about this at our annual meeting. We need everybody to get on board. But more than just helping with an offering for the sanctuary, I want you to get the principles of giving today. It will absolutely liberate you. Hold up your offering. Stacy's going to pray a blessing over this. I warned you, Pastor, don't give me the mic. You might not get it back. <laughs> I went to school here at Walker Junior High and Kennedy High School. I remember 1982 riding my bicycle to and from school and I watched this sanctuary being built brick by brick and in my young teenager mind I looked at it and I said that's just so much work and the congregation honestly was so small at the time I'm like they're crazy it's a waste of time it's a waste of energy but thank goodness for those people of this yes. congregation that had the vision and I am benefiting you are benefiting from the vision, the energy, 
in the sacrifice that wow. that congregation in 1982 made. Well, apparently, I just found out it took them seven years to finish. It was like building the ark. They never gave up. They had the vision. We are benefiting from it. From that day to today, think of all the people, as Pastor said, that have come to the kingdom because of that. That was done. Well, what is 20, 30 years from now going to say about 2014? What are they going to say about the congregation that you're a part of right now? Are they going to say they stepped up and they had a vision and they wanted more souls in the kingdom? Or are they going to say they just did just enough to get by? What are they going to say about you? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get part of this. And I'm challenging everybody, everybody here. It's not a dollar figure. It's just getting involved. Get involved. Be part of this. And if you're not ready today, get online when you go home or write your check and bring it by the church office. Just do something. Get involved with this. Be part of this, this, this sanctuary model. Be part of this. And in 20 years from now, you'll be able to look back and you can say, I was part of that. God used me. Ushers, come on forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, first of all, Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, we thank you for 8082 Walker Street. Lord, thank you for this land that you've given us. Thank you for this building that you provided for us. You've entrusted with us. Lord, we don't take this lightly what you've entrusted with us. And Lord, right now we want to be good stewards of, of the resources you've given us. And Lord, we pray right now that you would bless this offering, that you would bless this remodel. And Lord, more importantly, that we would not lose sight of your vision, Lord, your vision to reach souls, reach this community in your name. Bless it now, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. God, we thank you for each opportunity that you give us to come into your house and worship you. Lord, to be a part of what you are doing in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would place giving on all of our hearts each and every day 
throughout this week. Father God, I pray that you would stir inside of us a desire to be a part of what you are doing here. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.